Hello, and welcome to By Who's For Who's, brought to you by UPC Summer Series, a podcast to talk about all things grounds related, answer questions, provide unwarranted opinions, and make fun of our favorite school. My name is Caroline Weiss, and I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm a second-year philosophy major at the university, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers. And my name is Michael Kim. I am a second year, and my pronouns are he, him, his. And today we have a very special guest. He is a UBC member, but also one of the two sports editors for the um, school's newspaper, Cap Daily. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Akil. Uh, first of all, thank you, Caroline and Michael, for having me on today. So, yes, I'm one of the members of the UPC exec. I'm one of the two vice chairs of programming, along with Grace. Um, I'm a third year at the university majoring in biology. And as you guys also said, uh, I'm one of the two sports editors for the Cavalier Daily. So you'll be a great person to talk to because today we're going to talk about some of the UVA sports and today we're going to be comparing some of the sports aspects. So we're going to start off with our rivalry with Tech and Duke at our school. Caroline, would you like to explain what we're going to do with the hot, t- explain what hot takes are for a second? So today we're just going to be asking some of the tough questions and debating a little bit about what we think the answers are. So a hot take I think everybody knows who's been paying attention to pop culture, but if you haven't been, it's just um, your opinion, brazen, bold, out there. And Michael and I, in writing some of these podcast episodes, have found that we have some very differing opinions about the school and also just UVA culture in general. So we're excited to have Akil on as the, you know, the deciding vote between Michael and I. Because our first hot take today, as Michael was saying, is what is UVA's biggest rivalry? There is obviously the UVA-Virginia Tech rivalry, but there's also the UVA-Duke rivalry that really comes out during basketball season. Michael, which side are you you taking today? I'm taking the Duke side today. I definitely think Duke is more of a rival. And I am a diehard believer that tech virginia tech is our um biggest rival why do you think duke is the rival michael so i think that duke is more rivalry within the basketball realm and tech is more of a rival when it comes to football and i think as uv as a whole is more interested in basketball than football so that's why i'm leaning duke first I hear you, and I agree that we're more of a basketball school than a football school, but I think as a lifestyle brand moment, (laughs) there's more grudge, or there's a bigger grudge with Virginia Tech than there is with Duke. And I also want to raise, raise the point that Duke is rivals with UNC, like during the year, that's who they, you know, butt heads with the most. So I feel like us having a rivalry with Duke is us being the third wheel in their relationship with UNC. Like it's when your best friend is best friends with somebody else already and they, you're just like the awkward third party. That's what we are when we claim that Duke is our, our rival. So I think Tech and us are in a committed long-term frenemy situation. That's really funny that you say that because that's exactly what I was about to say. I think that when it, when you think of football rivalries like the one first one that always comes to mind michigan ohio state when you think of basketball rivalries the first one that always comes to mind is duke unc and i think it's just such like an important rivalry in the realm of basketball 
even as much as I would like for Duke to hate us as much as I hate UNC, we just have to accept that that's never going to happen. And we are the third wheel, even though we're the reigning national champions. And even though Duke hasn't won a national championship in four years, and even though Zion couldn't even take him to the final four, the disrespect between and the hate between tech and UVA is mutual. I think that we hate tech just as much as they hate us. Whereas the Duke UVA rivalries only kind of when we do play them those one or two times a year. And that's not something that happens like 365 days of the year. But whether you ask me in July or in January, if I hate tech, the answer is always going to be the same. And it's going to be with the same enthusiasm, regardless of the season. I have to say the only game I have ever been like viscerally upset about I'm not a sports girl like I'll attend the games with my friends just to have a good time but this year I watched the UVA Virginia Tech football game at home and I was so into the game we were losing for so much of it that I was watching with my parents and my mom was like Caroline you should leave the room because you're going to be genuinely upset when UVA loses and so I left the room I like went off and did my own thing and then my mom called me and she was like actually Super jokes. UVA just won. You missed it. It was incredible. So I'm I'm with you. Like I'm viscerally angry when yeah, this exactly. beats us. Yeah. Exactly. And I think even when I remember last year, I know you guys weren't here for that, but last year when we played tech in Blacksburg, it was my first year. Um and we lost in in do I remember if it was overtime? It was overtime. Bryce Perkins fumbled the ball in overtime and we lost. But there were many plays earlier in the game that could have sealed the win for us. Um, that one was just really heartbreaking for me. And I think I was disappointed for the, the following week. Like I was just in a bad mood. My parents were like, it's just a game. And I was like, no, this, it, it isn't just a game. And to compare <laughs> that to when we lost to Duke twice in the regular season in um, during the basketball season, during our national championship run, while I was disappointed – I wasn't super angry. I wasn't like, oh, this is terrible. Like, this is, I hate it. Like, this is, I'm, I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, I was disappointed for the couple hours after the game. But the next day when I woke up, I was fine. But with Tech, the next day when I woke up after watching that game, I was just as upset as I was during the game. So I still think Tech is just our biggest rival. And are we, are you from in state as well, Akil? Yeah, I'm from Northern Virginia. Okay, so we're all three of us are from Northern Virginia. We all have friends who go to tech, right? I struggle with hating tech as an entity and then loving individual people who go to tech. What do you what do you guys think about that? That's also why I think tech is less of a rival than Duke, though, because we're both in state and you have this you have people you know and there's this closeness. Like there's this there's some kind of friendship. I think because of the fact that we're both in Virginia and I think to compare it to like a sports team, it's like you're both on the same team versus Duke is like an opposing team. You can have that rivalry within a team, but I think the rivalry of another person is greater than someone within your team. So, And I even think that let's say if like tech plays Duke, I remember in the 2019 uh, in March Madison, 2019, Tech played Duke, I think it was in the Sweet 16, and Tech lost right at the buzzer. Like, it wasn't a buzzer beater, but they had a chance to win the game right at the buzzer or, or tie the game, I don't remember, and they missed a shot. That made me feel so good, even though Duke won. I was like, <laughs> this feels so great to see, like, Tech almost upset Duke and then come short right at the last second, where, like, even if Tech and Duke are playing, I'm rooting against Tech. Like, I would be mm-hmm. fine with Duke beating Tech regardless, I because... 
I just want to see Tech lose. If I could see them go 0-12 in the football season and 0-30 in the basketball season and us not even make the tournament, that'd still be a pretty good season for me. So, Like I'm, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of situation. Yeah. Ooh, that, exactly. is a, that is a good point. I don't know how I'm going to fight that. But <laughs> I, I think the fact, looking at sports as a, as a bigger picture, I think the fact that Tech hasn't won a single national championship but we have about like 20, 25, 27 something championship titles. And Duke has around, I think somewhere between 15 to 20. I think that means we have like an even length playing field and that we're more on the similar level when it comes to overall sports program. So that's why I think Duke as a whole is more a rival to be feared. Although I also feel like it's nice because tech is kind of like our little brother and, you know, you always beat up your little brother, like for your whole entire life. Like that's just kind of, <laughs> kind of the dynamic. And I just think that's the dynamic between us and tech. I know if tech fans listen to this, they'll be really mad when I say this. And, but I do think, I do think tech is our little brother when it comes to the state. Cause we are the university of Virginia, but that's just my belief. <laughs> we will put Akil's phone number and Facebook information in the show notes so any tech fan listening can um, fight him personally. I'm about sure I'll get a lot of hate mail from them. <laughs> well, I'm not sure we have a single tech fan listening to this podcast, but, um, you know, we might yeah. have to expand the base. So that brings us kind of to the next question then. Um, is UVA a sports school or not? Um, we've had a couple really good seasons recently, but does a few wins a sports school make is kind of the question. What do you think, Akil? Um, I think that when it comes to sports schools, I think we often, even me included, anyone often makes a mistake of, you know, just thinking, okay, just basketball and football. But I think our 27 national championships speak for the fact, for this fact. And I think that even before we were good at basketball, even before a football program has become not mediocre, but better than mediocre, like an above average football program. I think that we've been so successful in like the non-revenue sports is what we call them. So like football, not football, sorry, like soccer, um, baseball, uh, swim and dive, tennis, all these like other sports. And I think that has helped us still be a sports school in the realm of those other sports. Like for example, Stanford is definitely a sports school, even now when their basketball and football programs aren't doing so well. Their swim team is amazing. Their volleyball team is amazing. Their tennis team is amazing. So all these non-revenue sports. So I definitely do think we still are a sports school. Us being a sports school on a national level has only come up more recently when we've become a lot better at basketball, especially since the last time we had been so prominent in basketball was the 80s and the 90s. That's a good point. Yeah, our lacrosse team has won. lacrosse, yeah. Yeah, lacrosse won last year too. And well, I think the, both of the men's and women's tennis teams are really dominating, so... I would also say that UVA is a sports school. I just think, I just want to think I go to a sports school too. There's part of that. <laughs> I want the hype. But I think also in Virginia, we are the most dominating school. So if we, if say you had to pick one sports school per state, then I could probably say that Virginia is, UVA is Virginia sports school. My question about it being a sports school is when you look at universities like Clemson, and Old Miss and Michigan, where it seems like everybody's dressing up, wearing school colors and going to game days. 
I wonder if you have that as much because yeah, we all turn out for basketball season. Like does the fan base have to be more consistent for it to be a sports school? So I think, I think that's very true because UV is a very focused place in the academics. So people who don't choose to participate in the sports will focus more on their academics. And because of that, they, there can be more of a division within the school where there's people who are really avid of going to the sports games and really living that like sports mentality versus those who don't and focus on like their other interests, for example. So I think that could make the UVA less of a cohesive community of sports fans. Uh, I personally think that a lot of the times when we look at a sports school, the biggest I guess, point of measurement has always been football, right? Like when we think of Ole Miss, we think of the Grove, their amazing tailgates. But then we also realize that, well, Ole Miss hasn't put a good product on the football field for the last couple of years. And they, I think their attendance, when I look at the attendance statistics, we had better attendance than them and we have a similar size stadium to them. So I do think that sometimes a sports school, as you mentioned earlier, Carolina, can kind of also sometimes seem to correlate with, oh, if the team is doing well, then more people go. But I do think that for a school like Clemson or Michigan, even if the product on the field isn't good, I don't doubt that fans will still show up in the stands. But on the other hand, since we are more of a basketball school, I think it's more fair to evaluate whether we're a sports school when we look in the basketball realm itself. And I mean, we sell at JPJ every, like, every single year. Season tickets are crazy prices. And that definitely is a product of Tony Bennett, you know, bring, re- resurrecting our basketball program. With him winning a national championship and winning multiple Coach of the Year awards, I think he's now set a precedent for UVA where we may become a basketball powerhouse for the next hundred years. Because before, for example, before Coach K came to Duke, Duke was not a good basketball program. UNC was the premier basketball program in the state of North Carolina, along with NC State. Duke was a, a tertiary school compared to those two schools. Once Coach K came, Duke became a really big force, and we considered Duke to be a sports school in the realm of basketball. And I think that we're going to see the same thing just delayed about 40 years with UVA, where Tony Bennett has set this precedent for us to become a basketball school and therefore a sports school. And I do think that once we return to UVA, when we're 70 years old, 50 years from now for our 50th anniversary of our graduation, um, we'll, um, we'll see UVA, even without Tony Bennett, still become a sports school because I think he's played a huge role in us becoming one. I think that's a really excellent point. I'm excited to see 40 years from now, whether that is the truth that I hope it is. But I also wanted to ask you a little bit about your position, Akil, at the Cab Daily. Were you, um, did you write at the, the national championship, the game where we won? Did you write about that for um, the paper or were you there at all? It's actually a kind of a funny story. I was offered to go to Minneapolis because the editor before me, he is actually from Minneapolis. So he was like, oh yeah, you guys can come and stay over my house. You see, I would, but the plane tickets were about $2,000. So that was the first thing. (laughs) So I knew people who were driving, who were flying to like Rochester, Des Moines, like random towns of Wisconsin, and then driving over. And even then plane tickets were still $800 or $900. And I was like, if I was a fourth year, I would have definitely gone. I had faith that, well, I have faith that I'll have another chance in the near future to go to another one. So that's why I decided not to go. (laughs) Um, I did get to write about it and I thought that was a really cool experience. And I was actually the men's basketball beat writer this past year. 
So while I wasn't able to go to March Madness, I had planned on going to March Madness and trying to go to one of the games um, since I was a beat writer. Um, but that obviously didn't happen. Um, as well as the ACC tournament, I considered going to the ACC tournament, but that didn't happen. But I did get to go to the UVA Duke game. I did get to interview Coach K. I got to go to a lot of, um, got to go to all the basketball games, interview Tony Bennett. So I think that was, that's just been a really cool experience. And, and I think that me not being able to go to March Madness this year as a beat writer has really made me consider becoming, saying the beat writer next year. We'll see if I, that actually happens since it is definitely a time consuming job. Um, it's been really fun and I'm hopeful that media will be allowed to go to the UVA Villanova game, which is on December 19th at Madison Square Garden. Um, but we'll see if that even happens given the whole state of pandemic we're in. Speaking of the pandemic and the season getting canceled, some people have been saying that, oh, we're back-to-back champions because we're, we, we're not undefeated. We're undefeated this year. Do you think that title is correct that we are the reigning champions or because there was no tournament, we can't claim ourselves as the champions for two years in a row? We're definitely not reigning or not back-to-back champions since we only won in 2019. But I think we're definitely still the reigning champions because there was no champion crowned this past year. Therefore, the title is still held by us. Now, does that mean we're like the longest reigning champions in NCAA history? I guess so, but that's more based on based on a technicality than us actually being, I guess, winning the national championship. If I remember correctly, there was a team in in like the 90s or the 80s. I think Duke may have won two championships in a row. I may be mistaken with that, but I know I'm sure one team won two championships in a row, but maybe they they didn't and I'm just imagining things. But I guess you could say we're reigning champions, but obviously it's more based on the situation we're in and less based on the merit of the team. But I did want to touch on one more thing before we have to move on from the sports section. You interviewed Tony Bennett. How was that? I would like to say it was face to face, but it was more so like in like the press in the in like the press box or not the press box, the press room. So kind of just during a press conference, just getting to ask him questions. Whenever you kind of see him speak, you realize that he has a great love for the game of basketball. But I think that he sees it less as like a game and more about a really big teaching moment for his players and even for the press and even for the fans. Because he takes a very, I think, I guess, teachery approach to when it comes to anything. Like Whenever he's asked a question, he always tries to use it as a way to educate whether it be himself, fans, the players, and try to really explain the game of basketball. And I think that's really cool. And I think it's just been really nice to have a coach that's very open to talking to the press in that sense. Although on the flip side, he doesn't like to bring attention to himself. So the many times we've tried to get one-on-one interviews with him, he's declined every single time. And it seems to me that that hasn't just been us. It's been even the big sports outlets. He's only really done one-on-one interviews if he's been forced to. Like when we were in the national championship game, he kind of was forced to do a one-on-one interview, kind of had to. But I think that that's also reflected in the players. I've had the opportunity to have face-to-face interviews with Jack Salt, um, with T.A. Clark, and also some phone interviews with guys like Braxton Key and the assistant coach Jason Williford. And I think speaking to those guys has kind of been like a proxy for me to understand like how coach Tony, how coach Bennett thinks they're basically like a microcosm of him in the sense where they're very um, calculated in how they approach basketball. And I think that's really cool because I think that also reflects our student body. We're a very knowledgeable student body here at UVA. We're a very um, introspective student body. We also, we like to think about how are we contributing to the community? What are we doing to become better better people and I think they think the same and I think 
we really go hand in hand with each other. And I think it's really cool to have a coach like Tony Bennett coach your basketball program. Do you think the wellness of the team is more dependent on the coach or dependent on how good the actual players are? I think when it comes to coach Bennett, it's more so the wellness of the coach in a sense, because what's unique about UVA is that we never get those five-star recruits. I don't want to say that teams like Duke are, you know, paying other, paying these like <laughs> players kind of behind, <laughs> under the table to bring them. I'm not insinuating anything, but I'm saying that it's definitely something that happens in college basketball. Um, and I know that UVA, obviously, it shows that UVA isn't a team that does that because we don't get the best recruits. Even though we just won the national championship, the best recruit we got was a, a top 30 or top 40 recruit, which is still fantastic. But I also think that's in part because Tony doesn't look for people who are just the best, who are just a five-star recruit. He looks for people that can fit in our very unique system that really focuses on defense and playing sometimes even harder on defense than you do on offense. Because some of these guys who are five-star recruits are looking to play one year in the NBA or play one year in the NCAA, average 25, 30 points per game, and then go on to the NBA. But if you look at Tony's team, DeAndre Hunter was a top 10 draft pick, but he only averaged 15 or 16 points per game. What, what his hallmark was, was his defense and his ability to play as a team. The way he's structured our team and his mentality makes our team success more dependent on its coach himself, because he only makes sure that the players we have are players that have already bought into the system before they even get to ground. So alongside with that, we want to talk about some of the cultural stuff going on at UVA, the UVA atmosphere and the student body. So do you guys think that there is a stereotype of UVA students on how we are perceived by other people? So, yeah, and definitely in relation to sports, when I came in to UVA, I heard the stereotype of guys in ties and girls in pearls, right? For UVA football and sports like that, when you go to a game, you dress up. But I think a lot of the preppy, pretentious stereotypes that we get are ill-informed, maybe. Like, there is obviously a Vineyard Vines sort of culture where people like to dress up a little bit. But um, I see that a lot less than I thought I would. Mm, I, I definitely do think our school can be pretentious a little times, not because that being pretentious is bad or anything, but it's just, it's just wanting to impress and wanting to look good. A lot of UV students do do that, where they, where they want to dress their Sunday best on the weekdays. UVA is a very interesting combination of just so many different things. We're a state school, so obviously being a state school, regardless of you know where it is, it brings in people from all across the state. So, so many different backgrounds. And we have such great diversity at this school. But I also think that there's the other side of it where we're such a strong academic institution. And we're also an institution that has kind of prided itself on tradition, especially being established by Thomas Jefferson and this, having things like the lawn and the fact that we call you guys are rising second years, not rising sophomores. And I'm a rising third year, not a junior, right? And right. calling things grounds. I think that that tradition kind of plays a role in how students dress and how students act. And I do think sometimes they can get preppy, but I feel like the tradition of the school has kind of made that the reason why it's UVA is perceived to be a very preppy school. And some of those some of those terms, just like first year, second year, UVA has very niche terms, I think. So that was also very hard to pick on in the beginning. I was I didn't really understand why we had to call it grounds versus campus 
until someone had to explain it to me. And also getting used to saying first year to other UV people, but then when explaining to my friends and family that I'm actually a freshman, that I would have to consciously remember if I say first year, they might get confused. Have you guys ever been confused because of like some of UVA's weird terms? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I feel like UVA has its own entirely separate vocabulary in general. So we got first year in ground, and then there's AFC Slaughter, which are two of the gyms that we have on grounds. I didn't know what Slaughter was until probably a month ago. And then it, we say like Tundi for Rotunda and we say Mad Bowl instead of Madison Bowl, which is literally just a field in between on Rugby Road, right? That we lovingly refer to as the Mad Bowl. So yeah, I feel like there are just tons of words that we totally take for granted as a part of our vocabulary now. But when I was coming in, like no idea what any of that meant. And that is a little bit pretentious, right? Like inventing your own vocabulary to say the same thing. Yeah, I think that there's been so many times where I've been talking to my friends from home and and I'll just say like, oh yeah, during first year I do this and they just stare at me and they're like, oh yeah, I forgot you guys say first year. How pretentious. And I'm like, I don't really know if it is even us being pretentious, but more so like it's just the vocabulary that we've established at our school, right? I think that it could even be similar to how like in the Midwest people say pop instead of soda and we just say first years instead of freshmen, right? And we're just kind of taught to do that in the sense where even at orientation, people are like, it's first years. And like, whether it be admin or um, different faculty or um, other students, OLs, like you always hear like the first thing that you always hear on grounds during orientation is always remember guys, it's first years and it's grounds. And you're kind of just bored, like brought into that and it just sticks with you. And I even will call my friends who don't even go to UVA like, oh, so you're in like how second year going? They're like, sure, whatever. Like you mean <laughs> sophomore year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People think we're being like gross and jerks, but like it's the same thing as how different schools have different slang. I think like, I like I like the soda and the pop analogy because you could say that a whole region will say pop versus soda. Only UVA says first year and grounds. I've never heard another school say first years and call their campus grounds. So I feel like that's a reason why people might think that UVA is trying to be this unique kid doing whatever they want and (laughs) changing all the terms as they want. So that's why I think that may make us seem a little pretentious because people aren't aware that it can be a commonly used. Like, for example, I love saying first year because if I say freshman, then I know that people are referring to their high school freshman year versus their college freshman year. Or if they're saying, yeah, I'm a rising sophomore. Hey, if you're in college and you look really young, people might think you're like, an old looking high school sophomore. <laughs> yeah, I personally just think that I definitely agree with with the high school thing. Whenever someone refers to they can just say, oh, in sophomore year, we used to do this. And I immediately know that they're talking about high school. They're not talking about about college. And I think that that also helps. It's like a small distinction that kind of helps in certain scenarios. But even then, I just think that UVA having all this slang is a product of Thomas Jefferson saying that, oh, when you come to UVA, you start learning, but your learning never stops. And any thought that, oh, if you're a senior, then that's suggesting that you're learning a stop, but no, you're just in your fourth year. I don't really know how much <laughs> of that really <laughs> makes a difference. Like, I don't, that's just, those are just words that mean the same thing. Whereas I think 
Thomas Jefferson tried to say like, no, they're not the same thing. Like you're a first year, which doesn't mean you're a freshman. It's different. Whereas for us, like, <laughs> they mean the same thing. But to me, I think it is kind of cool. It makes UVA feel unique in a certain way where everyone else is calling it campus and everyone else is calling it freshmen and, freshmen and sophomore. For me, I just think it's kind of kind of unique and kind of cool that we have our own little slang in a realm that other colleges mainly don't have. Yeah, I, I 200% agree. And I think it's kind of fun to come in as a first year, you know, to kind of be taken in on the secret. Like you get to hear about all of the fun UVA lore and you get to sit on the lawn for convocation and you get to um, hear about the Z Society and the Sevens and all of these weird, cool UVA traditions that are, you know, in, in some ways pretentious and in some ways just classics that we get to be a part of. But getting away from this beautiful classical image of UVA, there is one more question that we want to have some hot takes on before we close out this episode in general. And thank you, Akil. We'll say thank you at the end, but we also want to thank you now for joining us, especially as we're talking about a little bit of the harder stuff. Recently found out, Michael and I, um, that 8% of our listener base is our parents, right? They're 45, 50-year-old people whose kids are coming to UVA. So we want to address this one for not only the first years, but for the parents. Is UVA a party school? I wondered that when I came in. I didn't really understand what the term party school meant. And we're going to seek to define that a little bit and break it down so that, you know, if you... If you're interested in joining that scene, you have a better understanding. But if you're also a little bit nervous, like I was, like maybe we can make it a little bit less daunting as a concept. Michael, is UVA a party school? What is a party school? Hit us with your take. I think that UVA provides opportunities for students to have fun. And not even just in the classic, oh, college party, that image. There's a lot of opportunities for students to enjoy academic and creative things to enjoy because, for example, UPC, we offer a lot of events on the weekends and even during the weekdays for students to de-stress, and that'll be really fun to do. Or there's a lot of formal events that clubs will host, so that could that is a party too. So I would say that UVA is a party school, and because we're also close to the downtown Charlottesville where there's more things to do. I think that creates an atmosphere of where the older people can enjoy themselves at UVA. What I want to highlight here about your definition of party school is that you're not talking about illicit behavior even. You're just talking about are there great things for kids to do on the weekends, which there are, regardless of um, alcohol or substance or whatever you're associating with the term party school. Like, UPC offers a ton of events. Clubs offer a ton of events. Greek life, which gets a little bit of a bad rep for being primarily based around parties, isn't even necessarily that, um, in my opinion. Like joining um, a sorority, and I know you joined a pre-med frat as well, Michael. These institutions are more about making friends and social networking than about partying. So um, I would say in the loosest sense of the word, sure, UVA is a party school, but I don't think that there's any pressure for anyone to go out or participate in anything that they don't want to. What do you think, Akil? Personally, I agree with everything you guys have said so far. And I think that one of the main things that I learned about UVA before coming to UVA that has stayed so true is UVA's probably 
the epitome of a work hard, play hard school, right? When you, when you go out on a Friday night, whether it be to a UPC event or to a welcome week concert or going out and doing other things, you see UVA kids going out and having fun. But then when it comes to Sunday, you try to find a seat in Alderman, which unfortunately is not open anymore for now while it's being <laughs> renovated or Clem or anywhere else. These are libraries, by the way. If you don't know what yeah. the, like Alderman and Clem are, they are libraries. Don't worry about it. You'll yeah. figure it out. But please continue. But when you do go to the libraries, you see like every table is taken. People are studying. People are working hard. And I think that UVA is just a really, really cool combination of both. And then I think that even when you do have that time to play hard, there's so many different things to do. And I think UPC itself provides such a great diversity of events to be able to satisfy like any niche. Michael and I were both on the comedy committee last year and Michael is now the director of the comedy committee. I think we did a really great job with just bringing laughs to UVA. So I remember during our um, welcome week comedy event, we had people coming in like ready to go out and go out to a party after the comedy event. And then I also saw people coming straight from a shift at the hospital. So I saw so many different types of people coming. And I think that UPC does a great job at providing a diversity of events that attracts a whole student body and even more. What I also like is that the term party isn't necessarily bad because I think that the UVA students are very smart in how they enjoy themselves and they know how to be safe and they know how to get the resources to the students to be safe. So that's what I also like, that it's a supportive community where students can explore their desires and see what they want to do, but also really be in a safe environment where they can also come back and focus on their personal goals. Right. And I think that goes hand in hand with residence life as well. Having an RA, which is just an older student, essentially living on your hall with you um, is a really great way to feel like you... I don't know. I felt like my RA was like a big sister rather than like a parent. They were there to support me and offer me help and water and whatever else I may have needed at whatever time. But they were there not to be punitive or judgmental, but to take care of me and to support me. So um, if you're at all worried, listeners and parents alike about your first year, um, you know, not being taken care of or not having everything they need, UVA really does a great job of supplying those resources, I think. Yeah, I was really close with my RA too. Um, we had two wrestlers in our hall. So for the wrestling matches, the RA would get some of the guys and we would go to the matches and cheer the team on and see how the whole wrestling team dynamic is. And we actually got really close because of that. And I'm glad I was able to get close with my RA because they're, they're just like another friend. This RA title position seems like this big factor in between you and them, but it's really not. They're just here to be your friend and help you through adjusting to UVA. I was so scared of my RA at the beginning. Were, were you guys also scared? I have to say that my RA, uh, shout out Drew, um, he was <laughs> a fantastic RA. And I think that it was really hard for me to say that I was scared of him because what was really funny was that we were all first years and he was a second year. So he was only really one year older than us. And I remember in the first <laughs> month, he was like, by the way, guys, one of you is older than me. I'm not allowed to say, I'm not going to say who it is, but he was like, one of you guys is older than me. So he just wanted to point that out. I thought he always like had a smile on his face. It was just such a nice person to be around and always so helpful, regardless of if you need help with classes or if you need help with, 
you know, like a toilet getting clogged or what, a whole variety of problems. He was so helpful. And I think that what any RA I think at UVA does, they're always so attentive and they're always so accessible. And I think that that's what makes the adjustment to first year so easy. That RA, I would definitely detest that they do such a great job in helping in helping you transition to your first year at UVA. So to wrap it all up, do you think that senior year in high school was better or that first year at UVA was better? I think there's an obvious answer, but I better hope you guys think <laughs> first year at UVA. <laughs> yeah, for me, that's a no-brainer. First year at UVA, for sure. Yeah, hands down, first year at UVA. So I think that warrants more cause for incoming students to not be worried about adjusting and finding new friends and thinking if this is your place. Of course, you'll have those worries, but I think as you experience it, and also it's a very different time with a lot of being virtual, UVA will still be what it is of this group of eager people to meet each other and really work with each other. The only thing first years should worry about is how to rally hard enough for tech and UVA game days. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Akil. It was really fun to have you. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome. Well, we'll um, hope you guys tune in to the next episode and hope you enjoyed this one.